Years ago, I had an opportunity to develop a friendship with a man in Florida. Over the weekend, together, he told me a remarkable story about the death of his son. His son had been uh, working in a local pizza shop in town there in Florida, and one night at closing time, another young man came in and attempted to rob him and shot and murdered his son. The man attended the trial of the murderer. He was present for the sentencing. And then he felt he needed to visit the family of the young man who had murdered his son. He did that. Finally, he went to the prison to visit the young man who had murdered his son. He couldn't stop thinking about the young man, and he went back and continued to meet with him. And what happened was, over time, he began to feel a sense of compassion, genuine compassion for this young man and his story who had murdered his son. Remarkably, he came to have love for this young man and concern for him. Eventually, he led him to faith in Christ and uh, began seeking to help him rebuild his life, even while still in prison as best he could. And when I met this man, it was years later, he was still meeting with his son's murderer, and he spoke of him with genuine love. Now, where does that kind of willingness come from? I think it comes from one's own personal experience of being forgiven by God and forgiven by another. I, I personally find it hard to believe that we can grasp God's forgiveness unless we've experienced another's forgiveness towards us. At least that was, that was my own experience. As a young man fresh out of seminary, I knew all about God's forgiveness in my head. But uh, only when in our first year of marriage, my young wife chose to forgive me after I finally got honest with her about uh, secrets, about dark places in my own life, my selfish past, things I feared that if she learned these things, she might stop loving me and would hurt her. And even though she was deeply disappointed, she chose to forgive me. And frankly, I've never recovered from being loved that way. To me, it was the most wonderful demonstration of how much God loved me. And ever since then, I suppose my favorite psalm has been Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. The word forgive is a big word. It has many meanings. It means to send away, or to lift up and to get rid of. Um, it means uh, to cancel a debt. Uh, it means deliverance of an offender uh, from his rightful punishment. It means to cover over, like uh, bright white paint covering over a dingy wall. And for me, it took the forgiving love of my young wife to enable me to really begin to get a grasp of how big and how great is the love of God and God's forgiveness. 
God's forgiveness is a gift we should never, ever get over. And when you really experience the forgiveness of God in your own life, then gradually it enables you to begin to forgive others, doesn't it? Isn't that the way it works? And Jesus said that these two expressions of forgiveness go hand in hand. God's forgiveness is closely linked with our forgiveness to forgive others. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, Jesus said. And then from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Heavenly Father will not forgive you. Now, I don't believe that the Lord here is speaking about what I would call societal sins, but he's speaking about interpersonal sin. He's not saying that um, I am to forgive Adolf Hitler for murdering the Jews 80 years ago, or that I am to forgive a national leader who habitually lies. But the principle applies to those with whom we're in relationship, in every relationship, friend, spouse, workmate, neighbor. There's always the potential for conflict and for hurt. And someone is hurt and perhaps angry and resentful. And the relationship all of a sudden is in trouble. And, and perhaps you were the one who was wronged or the one who wronged the other. Or maybe it's a bit of both. Whatever it is, if a relationship is damaged, it's my responsibility to try to make it right. St. Paul says, make it your aim to be at peace with all people. And that's especially true if the other person is within your own family or neighborhood. Our great responsibility is to seek forgiveness or to grant forgiveness, and both must be done in humility. I wonder, I wonder if you can take a moment right now and think of a situation in which you have wronged another person or, or a situation perhaps in which they feel you have wronged them probably complicated. It might not be clear. Still, there could be a situation in your life like this that's quite serious. When I wrong another person or when I offend another person, it's my responsibility under God to go to them, confess my wrong, and also seek that person's forgiveness. Now, I can't do that unless I first admitted to God that I was wrong. So I must be willing to accept responsibility for my own sin and for the consequences. I must be willing honestly to consider and address the attitude and, design, and desires within me that might have led me to offending someone. And then I must be willing to say, I was wrong. I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And then be willing to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying what I did. I'm sorry for hurting you. Be willing to repent. I know that I've hurt you deeply. And I don't want to do it again. And be willing to ask forgiveness. Will you forgive me for what I said or for lying to you or for hurting you or for doing what I shouldn't have done? Now all this is especially true in the home. I think... I sometimes think the two most important ingredients in a happy home are a sense of humor and the willingness to forgive. 
But true maturity is not only willingness to seek forgiveness, it's also willingness to grant forgiveness. You know, St. Paul said in Ephesians 4, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving, as God in Christ forgave you. Now what does this look like? True forgiveness of someone who has offended you, true forgiveness, it's not, it's not just pretending that nothing happened. Don't say, oh, oh, it's nothing. Don't say that. It was something. It's also not conditional. Well, I'll, I'll forgive her only if she never does that again. Really forgiving someone, and it's also not forgetting the offense. Forgetting isn't always possible. I mean, you tell someone who's been physically abused, abused just to forget it. No. And it's not an automatic cure for the hurt you might feel. Granting forgiveness is choosing to set the other person free from the debt of their offense. It's, it's choosing not to bring it up again. It's an attitude of letting go of resentment and vengeance and letting go of all grudges. And it's an act of obedience to God who said, forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven you. So how, how does one do this? We do it with God's help. First, we do it privately, just between you and God. And then to the other person, you do it specifically. I forgive you for, and you lay it out. You do it generously. Well, let's, let's settle this issue now and, and get on with building our friendship. You do it graciously. I, I know I've done things like this myself. And, and then what if I don't want to forgive? Well, you seldom want to forgive. All sorts of good reasons come to mind why we shouldn't grant forgiveness to this other person. Maybe, not, maybe they're not sincerely sorry, but in the end, a mature child of God is willing to leave the matter in the hands of God, who told us not to take revenge, that vengeance belongs to God, and God knows when to exercise it. Our responsibility, then, is, is therefore both to seek forgiveness and to grant forgiveness. And only when that happens can we begin to rebuild trust with the other person. And that takes time. Trust is not automatically rebuilt when hurt has occurred. And when someone sincerely asks for forgiveness and we grant it, it still takes time for trust. Because trust has to be earned. Love is unconditional, but trust must be earned, and, and it, is, it is earned through, it is rebuilt through consistent behavior over time. And let me just add this. Even when the person has harmed us, now whether they simply wounded us, or they cheated us, or they spread lies about us, or they brought harm to members of our family, and even if they never choose to admit that they're wrong and ask forgiveness, maturity is to extend to them forgiveness in your own heart and let God deal with them as he will. Hanging on to that bitterness and unforgiveness, it, it, it will only poison my system. Friends, <clears throat> these are hard times we're living in right now. There's a lot of anger out there, isn't there? And it's, it's, 
It's a time in when it, it, it's a time in which it's all too common for people to get alienated with one another. And there's great anger about injustice. Not just present injustice, but injustice in the past. And this is a time when it is a, it, all of a sudden it's just very easy to point an angry finger at the other person and reject them. Because we believe they're blind to what is right or what is wrong or for whatever reason. So much alienation. These days, we, we all seem to be so easily offended about things. But not one of us is without sin. And some of us perhaps forget our own failures, our own offenses, our own sins. Could it be that the Lord is saying to me and to you that even you and I need before anything else to look at ourselves and to come to God asking mercy for ourselves and then asking him to give us that same mercy towards others? Oh God, we pray, give us grace to repent and give us grace to forgive, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.